we're going we're gonna to start. Father, we thank you for grace today, for this word, uh, that it will be received. And I thank you that it falls on the hearts, God, that are mixed with faith, that it always produces what it's sent out to do. That even when we forget about the word that we heard two days before, it's living and active and creating life in us and springs up to personal revelation. I thank you that that's what you do, Holy Spirit. We ask you to have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 5, 14 through 21. I'm going to read it through. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves. I mean, that's just, we could all go home after that. You know what I'm saying? All right. I find if I get really kind of like down in the dumps, it's usually because I took my life back somewhere. I forgot that it was his, not mine. And I'm not living for myself. Get unthankful and kind of go, I deserve more. You know what? I deserved hell and I was saved. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's the reality, right? It is. But now we get what Jesus deserved. And the Father sees us like him. But that's a, that's, a, that's a freedom bringer for me. I'm like, you know, I forgot. How about I just lay my life back down? So we, so we mo- uh, no longer live for, for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, and this is what we're going to come back to, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. I love to read this section of Scripture and just look for how many times it says, through Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Everything's in Christ. Verse 19, namely that God, check this out, God was in Christ. All right, that's pretty good. Reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. So now God's in us. We we beg you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. This is our message to the world. We've been reconciled to God. So we have the ministry, we carry the ministry that we have received. Anytime God's done something in you, now He will do it through you. And have you ever noticed that... One person can say a, 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 a scriptural truth, and it's good, it's true, and it's encouraging. And another person can say the same truth, and it's power that changes your life. How many have noticed that? That's anointing. That's authority. That's what that is. And the reason that you have that authority is because that word is already working in you. Amen. Amen. Like, you know what, if you're going to repeat something, repeat something good. But when the word's working in you, you don't, you're not an echo anymore, you become a voice. And a voice has authority. And so you speak and you change lives. So you've been reconciled to God. This is what every believer has authority in. 
Every believer has authority in this. If you've been reconciled to God, you have authority to say to the world, be reconciled to God. You have an anointing to affect the world. Because you have received that ministry. Freely you've received, freely you give. Whatever you've received, you get to give. And the more you give, the more you get. Then you get to give more. That's the joy of it. Amen. All right. So, we, so he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, we could preach an entire message on that verse right there. But I will just say it's, it's notable. Just, just think about this for a minute. We are not polished up sinners that God is tolerating. We used to be, but that guy, that girl, is dead. Buried with Christ. We're a new creation. And so we're not just righteous. Think about this. This, I'm, this is just if you believe the Bible. But like, you, you, you <laughs> I'm having fun. So like, you, you, uh, you are not just a person trying to live righteously. You actually are the embodiment of the very righteousness of God. You're not, a right, you're not just a righteous person. You are the righteousness of God. So in other words, God would say, you want to see my righteousness? There it is. Look at Dean. Want to see what the righteousness of God looks like? Look at Danielle. You want to see? It's powerful, right? Alright, so... We manifest what we believe. You know? And so we go, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Oh, God puts up with me and I stumble every day. And, you know, it's like, I think, you know why you stumble every day? Because you believe that you will stumble every day. But when you believe the truth of God, you begin to walk in victory. Uh, I, Steve said it last week before he said, before you experience something different, you've got to believe something different. And we're like, well, I'll believe it when I see it. And but 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 Jesus said, blessed are they who believe and have not seen. So, again, that's if you take Jesus's word for it. And so and so in the kingdom, the, the righteousness and all the beauty of the kingdom manifests through faith. Faith is how we access the realities, not just the heady truths, but the realities, the very substance of the kingdom. When I begin to believe it in here, then it begins to spring out from my life. Such a good word, right? And, and some of us, I'll tell you this, some of us are trying to fix something about ourselves that was already crucified and buried. And you know, you can't fix something that's not broken. You know what I'm saying? And like, I, I, you know what, like the Lord's like, I've had the Lord just go like, you're trying to fix that. You know what you need to do? Quit thinking about it. You act, you're dwelling on a lie. You can't fix a lie. A lie's a lie. You, you know what I'm saying? You're like, I'm believing a lie. Well, the, the answer to that is the best part of a lie is that it's not true. It's the best thing about a lie. It's not true. And the only way that you fix that situation is to believe the truth instead. <laughs> All right. Take it. And, um, and so verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, God created the human race through Christ, the last Adam, 
1 Corinthians 15.45, if you want reference. Christ is the prototype of the new creation. He was the firstborn from the dead. That's Colossians 1.18. Powerful word. Not the first raised from the dead, because people were raised from the dead in the Old Testament, but the first born again from the dead. Powerful. And the reason that is powerful is because as the prototype of the very first one, born from the dead, God recreated the human race. This is, Jesus said, I'm the door. So like, what this means is, here's the human race, fallen. God is pursuing mankind with his love. Here comes Jesus, the door. Firstborn from the dead. All who enter into Christ, if you can imagine this, I was thinking like if I could have drawn this out, I, I had it sketched. But like if you can just imagine a bunch of people over here, a door in the middle, right? And if you walk through that door, you, you enter a different realm and you become a different being. And now you're on the path of life and all who come in are being recreated as a new creation. New Creation, not fixed, old creation, new. Amen. So you have a new nature. Powerful. This enabled him to be the door. John, that's John 10, 9. When we enter through the door, Christ, we enter into new life. Verse 19, God is in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And now God is making appeal through us. And we call it to the world, as I mentioned before, be reconciled to God. This is our mission in life. To love God first and to call others to do the same. It's the, it's, it's, if you just wanted to like sum up the Christian life, it would be to know God and be known by Him. And then help others into that experience. That's life. Know God, worship Him only, and help others. Do the same. <laughs> Enjoy God and introduce others to Him. And, um, and so, and there's a lot of good stuff in all that, I understand, right? The kingdom is big and wide and vast. And so, verse 16, let's go back to this. And, and I, I want to make some points. I'm going to shorten, shorten some things. Will you give me 10 minutes? We had a lot going on today. Nine minutes, 12 or 1. Uh, we'll see. Give me 10. Give me 10. I'm really going to nutshell a lot of this, but I just want to make a powerful point today. Verse 16, let's read it. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. So what does that mean? That means that Christ took on flesh and dwelt among us. He walked around as he was fully God, but fully man. He walked around as a man submitted to God. In the human experience, he lived as a human, fully committed to God, having never sinned, so no sin nature, but he lived. He, he did all the things that he calls us to do. He lived by faith. He lived in intimacy with the Father. He lived sinless. He released power. He, he did it all. Amen. But I like this because it says that 
We knew him according to the flesh, but now we know him that way no longer. Why? Because he died, rose, ascended, and now we know him by the Spirit. I use, I've loved this verse because it says, so we know one another no longer. We don't recognize each other any longer after the flesh. What does that mean? Well, what's the flesh? The flesh is the part of me that is not fully manifesting the perfection of God yet. Right? You live with me, you hang out with me, you're going to find out, not deep, dark secrets, but that I'm human. Right? I get frustrated sometimes. I'm tired sometimes. I, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I might spill, uh, you know, spill my water sometimes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I, whatever, I make mistakes, you know. I, I sometimes don't handle a situation you know what I'm saying? I may not speak the way I want to, and then I have to go clean it up in a relationship. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I was wrong. Please forgive me. You know, like, that's the part, but that's the flesh. And you know what happens when we know each other after the flesh? We do all the bummer stuff. We create a super scary environment, right? We size each other up. We judge each other. We go, we go. Oh, I, I know you. I know your mistakes. I know your history. You're not so awesome. You know, and all that comes out of insecurity. Because we're believing some lies about ourselves. We're knowing ourselves after the flesh. Not living in the new creation reality that, wait, I am a new man and you are a new man. Oh, I saw it. Yeah, you, you know, that was kind of a, a little bumpy conversation, but we're, we'll get through it. We love each other. And we're in the same family. Amen. So when I know someone after the spirit, we know one another after the spirit. Then all the good stuff happens. Now, I know, especially when you start getting into like a prophetic culture, when I've heard God about you. Right. When I give you a prophetic word, I love I love hearing other people's prophetic words. And I love prophesying over people because it stuff sticks with me. And the minute I hear a word about Garrett, that's how I see Garrett after that. I'm like, I know who Garrett is. I heard what God said about him. And we get a choice. We're like, well, I saw you in your, in your bad moment. That's who you are. That's not who you are. You're who God says you are. And so when we know one another after the flesh, you know what I realized, though? Why this is true is because we are in Christ. Think about this. Christ was in the flesh. He died. He rose. He ascended. We know him by the spirit. His Holy Spirit lives inside of us, reminds us of the things that he says, leads us into all truth. We're having a relationship with God, an experiential relationship because of our faith in him. So I so so Christ is in the spirit. But guess what? You are in Christ. How could I know you after your faults and after your flesh, after your past? How can I relate to you according to your shortcomings when you are in Christ? That means I got to go in Christ to, to, really, to know you. You guys getting this? It's powerful. So like, so, so I'm not, you and I... Why we are living a life in the spirit with one another. And that's the part that is going to live on for eternity. That is the part that is growing. And that is the part when we lock our eyes on that. 
thing, then we begin to know each other the way God knows us. Then you know what happens? What you focus on grows. And so when you speak, you know, sometimes we keep each other down by our negative words. Do you know we take courage from people when we speak negatively to them and, and we point out their faults? You know, it's not, the studies actually show that when you focus on a person's weakness, they lose confidence at a basic level. If you take a person and you have a voice in their life and you just point out all the wrong stuff and they care what you think, it actually says they'll lose confidence at a basic level. And then the things they're good at, they won't even be good at anymore. Because they just, they lose confidence. But the opposite happens when we know one another the spirit. And we're like, oh, yeah, that was awkward. You know what? Say excuse me. You know, you know, you know, you know it's like you're a human. And, and, uh, but, but I know who you are. And we call that out of one another. You know what happens? That begins to manifest in such a way. Then pretty soon our weaknesses don't even show up. We outgrow them. We outshine them. You can't even see them for the glory. Around the person, you know, and this is where we are called to live. You know, for the past eight years, I, as most of you all know, I, I had this privilege of serving in a ministry as, and it was a school of ministry. And I say that to say this, that there's something I realized, you know, there's something powerful this opportunity that it afforded every student that came. And this is what it was. There's a lot to be said. But this one thing, people moved to come. And you know what that allowed them to have? They could be somebody else different than who they were before if they wanted to be. Without having to live down mistakes, messes, an old reputation. And how many know, sometimes we as people, we like to get people, it's like, okay, I got you situated, you're in this box. You know what I'm saying? And then somebody breaks out of it, and it offends you a little bit. What are you doing growing and becoming more awesome? I had you on a shelf spot there, and you don't fit on that. You, I'm going to cut you down so you can stay there. You know, you know what I'm saying? I, I was going to read it, but you know what, in Matthew 13... They did that to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The people around Jesus, the Son of God, decided they were going to know him after the flesh. And this is what the human reasoning does. And if you can do it to Jesus, we can easily do it to one another. And, and they said, wait, where did he? This is what they said. I'm paraphrasing. It's, and it's in like at least three of the synoptic gospels. They, but he says, they, they go, wait. Isn't he the carpenter's son? Isn't that Joseph and Mary's son? We know all his family. He grew up right here. Where did he get these things? I mean, they're like, you know what they were saying? How dare you act great? You stay small. We don't respect you. And so God in the flesh didn't, couldn't release great miracles. They did not get to receive what was available to them that day because they decided they were going to know Jesus, the Son of God, as a normal human. Isn't that powerful? And I realized this, that like what the environment creates in that school 
you get to show up. How many know, too? You can also, you know, what also happens is that people have been bumping their head for a long time. Right? Well, that pastor is a bummer. So is that pastor. And so are those people. And they don't get it. And they don't get it. And they don't get it. They don't get it. And then I come here and they don't get it either. I'm the only one right in the world. Well, you might want to rethink that. If you experience the same problem everywhere you go, you might be bringing it with you. Chances are. But even when that happens in that environment, you've got people who are willing to have fresh eyes for you. And so they're not burned out on you and they're not going, look, we've been dealing with this for 13 years. They're going, hey, God's got a breakthrough. So they speak to you in love and truth and call you higher and bring a little loving correction. And and then breakthroughs happen. And all of a sudden the person's like, oh, my life, I've been struggling with this. And poof, today's the day. And you watch them enter into a new way of life. Why? Because somebody decided to look at them through the eyes of grace, through the eyes of the spirit and say, the incorruptible seed in you, that's what I'm looking at. Not the outward part that's actually going to be brand new eventually. See what I'm saying? And so we are called as a house where people will come in. There's a well of salvation. People will come in and be saved. You know what? And in a community like this, chances are you're going to have known some of those people for a long time. I know that guy. I know how he acted across town. I know. You know what I'm saying? But I'll tell you, if anyone's in Christ, everything has to be different. And the grace that we've received, we get to give to others. You know, and I would just call us. I just felt really uh, prompted and and just encouraged by the Lord just to emphasize this as for our body, that even the people we sit next to, you know what we have to have Our, our eyes for one another. We have to factor in transformational growth. Because I'm not the same guy I was 10 years ago. And I'm not the same guy I'm going to be in 10 years. Because I, I want to keep growing. I want to walk with God. I want to be transformed day by day. I'm not arrived. I'm not perfect. I know the perfect one. And what that means is, is that you and I, when we look at each other, this is what we do. You are a, you're a work in progress. But you know what? I see the glory you're manifesting today. I'm just going to focus on that. Who, you know what? Like Jesus said, who do men say I am? Well, who, do, who are we going to say we are? And who are we going to say each other are? And you know, what it, you know what it requires? It requires love and grace and hope for one another. Love believes. Love believes that you're growing. You know? I had a student, in closing, I had a student. I just felt to share this, however it connects. I, I was on a, I had two buses full of students with like 100 people we took to Tijuana one year on a mission trip. <laughs> so the things you do when you follow God and you get back and go, what was I thinking? <laughs> Praise God, we all made it back and there were miracles and everything. But I mean, it sounds crazy without God, it is, but... God's so faithful, but we're, we're on the way back. And you know what? I'm doing really, I have such a grace. I mean, God, God will give you a grace when you're doing stuff like that. And, and, um, and I was on a bus, and we, were, we, were, we had crossed over the border, 
we'd done a revival service in um, Southern California there. We were back on the bus. It was late at night. We ran in the store to get some food, and we were going to hit the road drive through the night. Thankfully, we had bus drivers, so we could just crash out. And, um, and so this one young man on the trip who I didn't know very well, although he's awesome, he, he, we're all getting on the bus. You know, it's like herding cats sometimes. And then, like, he goes back in the store, and I was like, oh, where's he going? Like, because I know what happens. Then, like, 15 people go, well, i got to run in, too, real quick. Oh, we just started over. Anyway, and so, and I'm tired, and we're trying to get going. And I verbalized a thought that I had. And, um, and I just had a perspective, and I go, what is he doing? I go, oh, man, I just don't have a lot of grace for I'm going to do whatever I want when we're moving in a group. And, and, um, and, uh, and, and I was tired and, you know, <laughs> it just came out and, um, and, uh, Melissa, one of my students at the time was sitting next to me and I said, Melissa, and she, and she's so graceful. She goes, he's actually a really good brother. I think he went in to help round up the people that are in the store. And she knew him personally. He's a really awesome guy. And, and I hadn't gotten to know him as a big old trip. And, um, and I was like, oh, okay. I spoke without understanding. And I said, Melissa, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. And she said, and I kind of apologized. And she said something to me as a student that it stuck with me. It changed me. Still working in here. She said, Brandon, I love you in all your colors. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't expect that to feel so powerful from my student. But it did. It moved me. It moved my heart. It rocked my world. And I went, man, Melissa sees me for who I am, even in my lower moment where maybe I say something not as graceful or I make a mistake. She's like, that doesn't change the way I see it. I love you in all your colors. Would you stand Daniel, would you come up? I'm just going to pray. If you want to, well, Daniel's going to tell you what to do in a minute here. We just put your hands out in front of you. Father, we receive a higher perspective today. God, both for ourselves, what you've done in us. God, this new creation reality would burst forth in our hearts and our minds. God, we break off condemnation today. You know, that thing is just the enemy. You walk around feeling like you should have done something better. I should have read my Bible more. Should have spent more time in prayer. Should have, oh, God's mad at me because I was supposed to witness to that guy in the store and I didn't. And, you know, the thing that just, that, that thing where things are never good enough, where you don't feel pleasing to God. Whoa, we just break that off. It's such a lie. It's such a lie. Whoa. Yeah, I just bless you to see the smile of the Father over you. And then to have that same smile that we would have that for one another. Help us, God, to keep short accounts. To remember who we are. To not try to bring people down to size, but rather say, you're growing. You have greatness inside. I'm going to throw fertilizer on that. Yes, go, go, go. Go, go. You know. I just want to live in a forest of really tall, tall trees where people walk in and go, 
Who's even in charge? Everybody's great. God, have your way with us. Have your way with us. And I thank you for this revelation growing in our hearts today. In Jesus' name. Thank you guys so much. God bless you.